0: As-salamu alaykum. Welcome to the Zaytuna College Ramadan podcast. During this blessed month, we invite you to join the faculty, staff, and guests of Zaytuna College as they reflect upon timeless reminders from the Qur'an and the Islamic tradition. Today's episode is by Imam Daud Yasin, who is Director of Student Life and Experiential Learning at Zaytuna College. The Qur'an outlines the foundational functions of stewards through the example of past prophets. In this episode, Imam Daud teaches us about the actions of these stewards and their engagement with the world around them.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman wa rahmatullahi warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Greetings of peace and blessings to everyone. In session one, we talked about kind of how God establishes in the Quran who the stewards are, and he addresses them. He addresses them on an individual level, as we said, the singular using khalifa, referring to the creation of um, the prophet Adam, and directly addressing prophet David, upon both of them be peace. And then we see the plural usage, which is... Khulafa, which is a prophet speaking to the leaders of their people. And then in the third, we saw khalaif, which is God speaking directly to his creation, reminding them of the bounties um, that are upon him and that how he has kind of made you. And this is interesting as well. I didn't mention that in the first one, but to succeed here, the succession that is talked about here is that there is a succession that happens when those who are given over to a commitment to God succeed those who do not. And that's something that really that third category when God's like speaking to all of humanity, you know, in that way. So again, getting right into the content, um, what are the functions of stewards? If we affiliate the word khalifa with environmental stewardship, we must do so in a way that does not solely ascribe environmental stewardship as the quote unquote true meaning of the word khalifa. To do so would be inconsistent with the meanings of the nine verses in the Qur'an that we discussed in session one. If we think of the environmental crisis as an outward reflection of the inward crisis of the human condition, then we will remain consistent with the idea that a khalifa, in a collective sense I'm talking about here, is an individual who is placed on earth and is committed to the obedience of God through carrying out righteous actions as this is what many of the commentators and and linguists mentioned in the early foundational texts. So when that happens, meaning this commitment to obedience through through righteous actions, the foundational and and universal principles of khalifa are understood and established. Then we can begin to expand and attribute the meaning of righteous actions in a broad sense. So what do I mean by that? it allows us to move beyond the limited ritualized actions and only categorizing those as righteous actions. So I believe that a wisdom to this, that we can expand this term, is that it can be uh, understood that the meaning of righteous actions, in an expanded version that is, is to help us and prevent us from falling into the trap of formulaic worship that is devoid of meaning preventing us from establishing a deep connection with Almighty God, a connection that is beyond formulaic, regimental actions. As humans, our own inward disharmony serves as one of the clearest indicators to the disharmony prevalent in our environment. And I use the word environment in the broad sense of a term. It could mean our homes, both inside and out, offices or any space, where we have authority, or it can even mean the earth itself. As humans, when we lack self-discipline or disregard moral commitments, there are clear consequences. The impact of adopting blameworthy character traits such as impulsive consumption or acting unjustly with others or even ourselves is apparent in the environmental crisis we are experiencing. One might say the root of our disharmony with nature is a direct result of the disharmony that exists within ourselves. We have upset the balance. So how do we expect to comprehend God's signs in the earth when we are blinded by the disharmony within ourselves? How do we expect to carry out the functions of a steward if we are blinded by the disharmony within ourselves? Disharmony far too often prevents us from comprehending the symbiotic relationship between our well-being as a species and the well-being of the earth, and our sickness as a species and the sickness of the earth. These are not character traits of a Khalifa. So when we are talking about foundational functions of a Khalifa, I want to look at these two verses right here in in Surah al-Saad, the 38th chapter of the Quran, the 36th verse where Allah Really sets out two foundational functions of a Khalifa. Ya Inna Khalifa fil-ard, nas bil wa la hawa an So here we see that Allah says in the Quran, O Dawood, judge between mankind with truth. So now we have a foundational function of a Khalifa, judging. With truth. This made me think about the hadith. That there are seven categories of people that will be shaded in the shade of God's throne on a day where there will be no shade except for His shade. And the first one that's mentioned is Imamun Adl. It says a just leader. Now, a person can say, well, the, it says Imam and I'm not an Imam, but that's not what contemporary scholars have talked about. Now, what they've talked about is that anybody who has been placed in a position of authority over anybody else, and it talks about it in terms of a parent, a mother or a father, to a child, an instructor, to a student, a employer to an employee, any type of relationship where there is a position of authority, as we said, this is where it returns back to this foundational function of a Khalifa, right?, بالحق, right? Judge between people with justice. And the second one, الهوى, and do not follow the lusts of your heart. Okay? So think about the connection between those two. How can you be just if you're following your own lusts? So now these two work together. Now Hashim Kabali, he writes in his book Sharia Law and Introduction, the Quran Has warned people no less than on 25 occasions of the evil consequences of indulgence and caprice, Hawa, and of the hold it can have on their hearts and minds. Now, this is interesting because I thought about this in terms of specifically, he uses the term hearts and minds. Okay? And what do we always hear about when there is a, you know, this is a war, this is a battle for what? Hearts and minds. And he's talking about here, Hawa giving over to one's caprice, giving one over to one's desires. But yet, constantly we're talking about uh, the West engaging Muslims. It's always a battle of hearts and minds. I just thought that was very interesting, and I don't think that things are just coincidental. He substantiates his claim uh, with a verse from the Qur'an, saying that who is more misguided than the one who follows his caprice and neglects the guidance of God? And so this is where, again, I'm talking about this foundational Uh, function of the Khalifa. Being in a position of authority and being a person of justice. And then secondly, moving away from one's own personal desires. And that's what I meant about once we establish those functions, then we can move on to the broader aspects. So without them, I feel that we do ourselves a disservice. We have not set the foundation properly, and yet we're moving on to the first story and the second story of the building. And you know what happens when there is not a solid foundation. The building is you know, going to withstand, be able to withstand any of the weight that is continuing placed on it. so that's something to think about. The other th- uh, aspects that I think about in terms of the function of the Khalifa is Fadkuru ala allahi that Allah talks about in another verse here about the function of a Khalifa is that you know it is to bring to remembrance the benefits that you have received from God okay, Fadkuru ala allahi. And refrain from evil and mischief on the earth. So two things: fathkuru ala Allahi. Bring to remembrance the first one, um, the benefits of your Lord, and in the second one, it's a warning, right? ala Allahi. and then it's a, it's a command: and refrain from evil and mischief on the earth. So the Khalifa then, going back again, what do they do? They judge people with justice. They do not follow their lusts. They enumerate, so they show gratitude to God, right, from the gifts and the bounties that he's bestowed upon them. Now that can be sent out, as we said, to the earth, but once those Foundations and functions are established, then we can move on to these meanings. And then, as we said, and then don't, you know, move through this earth, if you will, or refrain from evil and mischief on the earth. So this is what I'm talking about when I say that once we commit to the foundational universal principles of a khalifa and we internalize them, then we can expand into various functions of a khalifa. So for example, here is a Quranic representation of a foundational function of Khalifa in the role of environmental steward. In Surah Al-Naml, the 27th chapter, in verses 17 through 19, Allah says, يُزَعُونَ We'll read the English here in, in the interest of time. It says, Till when they came upon a valley of ants, an ant exclaimed, O oh, you ants, get into your dwellings, lest Suleyman and his soldiers crush you without being aware thereupon Solomon smiled joyously at her words and said, O my sustainer, O my Lord, inspire me so that I may be grateful for those blessings of yours, with which you have graced me and my parents, and that I may do what is right and that which will please you. And include me in in your mercy among your righteous servants. So it's interesting here, this example of a prophet, Solomon, Suleiman, peace be upon him, marching an army, think about it, marching an army towards an ant colony and hearing an ant communicate to its inhabitants, this is a beautiful example of an engagement that exists when harmony and awareness are present in the heart. This engagement brought joy to the heart of a prophet. He smiled and was inspired to pray to God. So what importance does such an exchange have, and why is it even mentioned in the Qur'an, and how do we understand this in our daily lives? How can such a prophetic reaction to nature influence choices that we will make with regard to the environmental crisis today, and how can we do that if we are not a people that are committed to justice, if we are not a people that are following our lusts, if we are not a people that are enumerating the bounties of God, and if we are not a people that are committed to restraining from evil and mischief in the earth that's the connection now that we understand of the functions of a Khalifa as an environmental steward built upon the foundation of the functions of a Khalifa one would be fully aware that the loss of biodiversity impacts us all during my freshman orient- during freshman orientation one year a faculty member reminded the students that God's creation supplicates for those who leave their homes with the intention of seeking knowledge Imam Ahmad relates on the authority of Qabisa ibn Mukhariq. I came to the Prophet ﷺ, Allah bless him and give him peace, and he asked, what has brought you here? I said, my years have advanced and my bones are fragile. I have come to you in order that you might teach me something with which Allah will benefit me. He said, O Qabisa, you haven't passed by a single burrow, nor a tree, nor a mud hill, except that its inhabitants sought forgiveness for you. Tirmidhi, relates in a hadith from Abu Umama that the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him said, indeed Allah and the angels, the inhabitants of the heavens and the earth and the ants in their burrows and the fish in the sea pray for blessings to come upon those who teach good to people. At-Tabarani relates from Jabir may Allah be pleased with him that the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him said, everything, even the fish in the sea seeks forgiveness for the one who enlightens the people. It is the awakened soul and mind that will look to our tradition and pull from its rich meanings and make connections such as this. Connections that will clearly indicate the functions of a khalifa. Because with the loss of biodiversity, we lose out on the supplications of God's diverse creation. So here we understand that one, in the first session if you will, that who are God's stewards? as he describes them in the Qur'an. The second, we looked at some of the, in this session, we looked at the functions of those stewards, and inshallah God willing, in the next one, we'll look at living as stewards to reflect the virtues found within the Qur'an. So alhamdulillah, thank you for joining us. I pray that the remaining days and nights of Ramadan are blessed for you and your family and all that you love and care about.
0: Thank you for listening to the Zaytuna College Ramadan podcast. Help root Islamic scholarship in the soil of America by visiting zaytuna.edu forward slash support.